Hello, and welcome to this edition of Mobility Via Podcast. Today's topic that we'll be covering is Work Anywhere Together. I'm Dave Mays, a principal in KPMG's Global Mobility Services practice, and I'm here today with Deborah Tareja, a managing director in our practice. Uh, We both work just extensively in the area of uh, just helping companies with designing and implementing their remote work strategies, policies, and processes. Over the last uh, you know year or so, uh, we've been looking into our crystal ball and, and contemplating what the future of work and, and future of mobility will look like. One of the themes that uh, was starting to emerge was the concept of a distributed workforce, or as we call it, work anywhere. That was just a little over a year ago, and at that time, you know, everyone agreed that it's definitely something that we could see happening over the course of the next three to five years. But what we didn't anticipate was the the rapid pace at which this would become a reality just overnight. What seemed to be a, a slow-moving trend that was maybe particularly in, in the uh, emerging tech companies is now just unfolding right before us. So. However, due to the rapid acceleration of this model, companies haven't had the opportunity to transition to work anywhere models methodically and deliberately. Uh, For example, my my working in the basement was definitely not part of any strategic operational or for that matter, a, a personal goal to begin with. And I know given that that work anywhere is not only today's reality, but also very likely here to stay. It's time for companies to to take a pause and consider how they can turn this event into a strategic opportunity for growth while, while putting the right governance in place to manage the tax, uh, regulatory and and risk issues that, that arise. So Shipper, can you just share some of the, potential considerations that, that, that organizations are starting to work through. Absolutely, Dave. It is clear that as we talk about remote work arrangements that it has tentacles in, into a number of areas in a company. Organizations have started uh, by focusing on the employee's well-being first and then how the work is going to be get done while staying connected to the team, uh, with the company culture and clients overall. Once the basic needs are solved, they shift focus to other operational and governance considerations, such as corporate tax, payroll, compensation and benefits, etc. As a result, what we are finding, organizations are quickly pulling together task forces or working groups, groups that can represent each of these functions. Examples of some of those functional stakeholders we see as key to these discussions include corporate tax, payroll, um, HR, compensation and benefits, legal, finance, and of course, business leaders. Another critical stakeholder to keep in mind is the employees themselves. One of the objectives of these working groups is to align on an enterprise-wide priority to help align areas of focus and perhaps an investment for the company. From here on, the company can build out a roadmap to execution. Yes, certainly a strong 
cross-functional working group is a, is a great idea, and, you know, just given the nature of the beef. Uh, and KPMG's held several roundtables, uh, virtual, of course, uh, number of spot surveys and, and, of course, client discussions. What are, what are some of the common themes that, that we've heard come through? What we are hearing, Dave, a number of organizations have expressed that they're not going back to the way work used to be done. That's just not going to be the reality anymore. Most organizations expect some level of flexibility and remote work in the near future. And they are in the process of determining where they will land on the spectrum of flexibility, as you may call it, which kind of ranges from allowing uh, no remote work at all to allowing employees to work anywhere in the world. And for most companies, this journey of defining who can work remotely, how can they do it effectively, and what guardrails need to be put into place to mitigate the corporate tax risk and the individual risk has really just begun. Based on everything we're seeing and hearing in the market, the top issue really revolves around attracting and retaining talent. Uh, we we performed some survey uh, and got really clear feedback. There was there was very clear desire from the employee group to continue some sort of work anywhere model in the future. Depending on the industry and and the talent uh, they were competing for in that industry, some companies are realizing that they in fact if they do not allow for some type of flexibility, they might have a tough time in retaining and hiring and retaining top talent. At the same time, they realize the more flexibility they provide to employees, they create a potential tax compliance and other complex legal complexities risks. So now they're looking to are looking at ways of balancing the asks from the employees and with the business realities. So, so let's let's take a deeper dive into some of those tax challenges that you mentioned. Certainly, remote work can lead to potential implications for the company and for the employee. Maybe let's start with some of the, the company obligations. Yeah, the companies are very concerned about potentially creating what we call permanent establishment or a corporate tax risk and state corporate nexus issues, which is you know the same thing from a state point of view. And especially in locations where they previously didn't have obligations because they didn't have people, they didn't have business. Uh, they are now considering if they need to reassess their transfer pricing methodology in light of these change service locations and change presence for, for their organization. We have to also think about the impact of this change in overall value chain analysis and subsist considerations given that senior employees are now working in different locations than they were intended to. Again, none of this is new to the tax folks around here. but really what's changed is that we now have to put a work anywhere lens to it and have a renewed focus on these matters. So that was the corporate tax piece of it. On the payroll front, companies are reviewing whether their additional registration and filing requirements at both the company level and the individual level, given the new work model. Each state or country may have differing views on who has a right to tax remote workers living in their jurisdiction. So navigating that maze of interstate and country regulations is becoming challenging 
given the lack of direction, even from a tax authority's point of view, they're also figuring it out themselves right now as we all are in the same boat. That's right. And so maybe, so that's from the, the company's perspective. Could you also maybe touch on the things an employee needs to consider? Yeah, so the employees breaking outside of their normal work location, whether you know it's within the state or within the country, um, they could trigger taxation in multiple states and countries. Now, this can mean tax return filing obligations in multiple jurisdictions and additional compl complexities for their own personal obligations, you know, which things they didn't have to consider. So application of income tax treaties, totalization agreements, etc. Uh, these issues are nothing new to us in the mobility world, but while what what's different is that it was limited to a smaller group of employees in the past. This has now become an all-pervasive problem or issue or an opportunity, as you want to call it. But the companies need to account for employee tax assistance in as in many cases as well, which they probably wasn't on their radar before. Right, so there, there are a number of just those tax considerations that companies need to address. So maybe we'll shift gears to talk about how clients are starting to tackle these issues in a, in a systemic way. So to, to get their, their arms around the scale and the scope of the issues, we're seeing that companies are, are, are typically starting with performing a, a risk analysis as just a first step. So, uh, for example, we, we had, uh, performed a, a sample high-risk assessment uh, at an initial pass of the payroll tax exposure for a remote workforce, and it was it, it was estimated to be uh, over ten million dollars annually, uh, which which could clearly be a material amount if it's left uh, unchecked and unmanaged. So you know, for many companies, meaning that the payroll obligations will be their their first focus area. Uh, so for companies, perhaps corporate tax or value chain analysis could be therefore their first uh, area of focus. So that's again. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, please can you share with us what you're seeing on the non-tax side, Dave? Sure. So you know, as we mentioned, the work anywhere is really going to impact a, a number of functions across the enterprise. So there are definitely a number of, of potential non-tax considerations that, that are on top of folks' mind. Uh, some of those that we've come across uh, include, uh, from a talent and human capital perspective, uh, just identifying what roles can be successful in a remote environment, which that typically leads to reviewing the competencies that are needed for a specific function, and perhaps maybe even redefining the roles to, to, to bring the best out of people that, that need to perform those functions. Uh, health and safety, um, clearly establishing guardrails around working remotely, uh, and the employee and family wellness is another um, kind of non-tax consideration. Cyber, uh, cyber, and kind of technology. So implementing technology and, and protocols that provide for safe digital environments that foster the right kind of teaming and connectivity uh, across uh, employee working groups and across the enterprise. Uh, from a 
immigration and, and employment law perspective. Uh, there's, there's certainly a focus on making sure that there are no uh, unanticipated employment law or or just work authorization implications as a result of remote workers. And then finally, from a regulatory and, and, and license, licensing consideration, uh, some of the questions organizations are asking is, uh, you know, do uh, the employers have the right regulatory framework to operate in the country that uh, the employees are now present? Or, or also do the employers have have to review their treasury function to check if they have the ability to remit the taxes to the authorities and 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 compensation to the employees. Yeah, Dave, it does sound like there are a number of steps a company needs to go through. Uh, what would you say is a good roadmap for a company to consider looking out in the next few months as they tackle uh, this change? Sure. So. So one approach that we that we've seen is to to build out sample cases or employee personas by narrowing in on some of the critical attributes of your workforce and then grouping those employees into segments. You can then take each take each of those uh, personas and, and map out which roles can be performed remotely, what the risks uh, these roles can create, and then creating a decision tree for uh, who you'll allow to work remotely and in which locations you'll allow them to work and for how long. So fairly complex, uh, but, but a number of things to think through. Once, once organizations have kind of built out these, these pers personas, uh, they can start to see the, the different components uh, that they need to address. So, and we found that that breaking down some of those different components into to four major buckets can help them to build a, a well-rounded approach. Um, so Shipper, maybe you can talk us through a little bit of uh, that approach and, and how uh, how you've you know, used that to assist companies in reviewing and, and managing some of these some of these issues proactively. Absolutely. So we can summarize the approach that Dave alluded towards into four major components. First being strategy and policy. So building a documented strategy that aligns with the company's overall business and talent strategy while minimizing organizational risk and supporting compliance. Supporting health and safety and business operations on an ongoing basis is gonna be the first step. Second step that you, after you define your strategy and policy would be looking at it from a structured point of view which means do you have an organizational structure that allows the company to operate in a tax compliant manner, anticipating these global and local compliance requirements built into your overall scheme of things. So once you have the strategy and structure designed to support work anywhere, then the third step you focus on is compliance and process. So designing a seamless automated, uh, automated enabled process to assist with managing your global complex and tax and regulatory requirements based on your employee location, value those employees provide by their services and overall service considerations for the company. So that kind of builds your compliance process to support uh, your, your structure. And finally, but last but not the least, is the 
risk and data analytics piece of it, which means do you have an automated solution that aids location tracking, so knowing where your people are and knowing where services are actually being performed and linking that to a detailed cost analysis of the new model, linking that to risk assessment and quantification and as well as measuring the return of investment by allowing remote work in a company will, will become important. Uh, for some companies, and actually for a lot of companies, we saw the risk analysis piece of it comes first. Um, as they approach this, uh, you know, to try and understand where risk sits, and then they start to build strategy around it and supportive structure and compliance process. But this is really a circular uh, methodology that depends on the company, uh, what you're looking for, uh, to solve for first, and you could start any uh, where with any of these four components. Throughout this process, you have to be very mindful of the program shaping and management considerations. So making sure that you have a deliberate and considered approach to initiating change and managing transformation throughout the organization uh, in this environment will be key. Obviously, you know, from, from what we see, tax is a key driver, but it's definitely not the only consideration here. The review and approach are really bringing together many different groups within an organization to look at managing a remote workforce cohesive, cohesively. Uh, the future of work will be a mixture of employees likely coming back to the office full time, um, some on a flex schedule, potentially not coming back to the office at all. And company has to plan for all of these scenarios uh, in, together in totality. You know, th thanks, Jepra, and, and thanks for joining uh, today in this discussion. Uh, you know, they're, they're, these are clearly unprecedented times, and how organizations respond to these changes will certainly have a profound impact on their success. You know, it's, it's important to remember that there isn't one standard or singular approach that will address all of these uh, considerations that we've talked about today. You know, but what we have found uh, is that thoughtful uh, evaluation process that brings together a number of cross-functional teams through the, the virtual table is, uh, is the right place to start. So with, with that last thought, you know, I'd like to just close this session of mobility by a podcast by thanking our audience for joining us again today. Uh, you'll find links to our COVID-19 information page on the online description of this recording. Uh, in future episodes, we'll continue to address the top of mind issues of interest to our listeners. In the meantime, uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any thoughts on today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at us-taxwatch at kpmg.com. 